Hey, Data Plus Love listeners. Uh, this week, it is guest-free. We're doing a full recap. Um, so, yeah, this this would be the part where you bail if you were hoping uh, to listen to somebody cool because you're just getting me. Uh, having said that, uh, you're getting a uh, more uh, relaxed me, which is great because I've had a pretty darn stressful month. So for context, I've had a cat. Uh, actually, we have a couple cats. Um, that we got when we first got married, my wife and I, and they're 16 now. Um, they think they're siblings, but they're not uh, because they were fostered together by the folks we adopted them from. And uh, my orange tabby Otis has been in bad shape. First half his face swelled up from like an abscess tooth, and he had stopped eating right before that. So we thought, oh, okay. At first we just thought, you know, he's sort of declining. He's getting older. He's very low energy. Um, that's you know, he's probably just getting old. Uh, we'll try to keep uh, encouraging him to eat. Then the tooth happened, and we're like, okay, obviously the tooth was the problem. He's eating now again. And then within three days of, like, the infection being resolved, the tooth, all the swelling going down, uh, just vomiting blood. And it real, real exciting stuff. Like, I know, I, I hope you're not eating right now. Um, if you listen to this when you're eating, like, that's eat, eat with some people or something. You know, go do that instead. Uh, having said that, uh, things looked really dire for Otis. Uh, we, we couldn't get him to hold down food. He was in bad shape. Uh, we tried uh, a bunch of tests, you know, and, you know, we took him to the emergency vet Friday evening and were there for hours, all that fun stuff. And uh, it, it seemed like he wasn't going to make it like all weekend long, terrible shape. I take him to our normal vet Monday. Um, we try one last Hail Mary test and it turns out he has a thyroid condition. So. Now we have him on thyroid medicine twice a day, and he has rebound in such a way he seems like he's two years younger within like a couple days of starting his thyroid meds. It's kind of miraculous. Having said that, this has been extremely emotionally draining. So for anyone uh, who I'm supposed to talk to or have projects with, like Lisa, who was on last episode, Lisa and I have been talking quite a bit, but I have not held up my end of our Weird Al Viz to the extent that I should be. I've created the TVs and I've done some, you know, little looks here and there, but like I just haven't been engaged in the way that I would like to be with most things in life, including, say, the Tableau Ambassador announcements that happened last week. So the new cohort of Tableau Ambassadors was just announced. Uh, I returned as a fourth time Tableau Ambassador, which was a big honor. Um, as I've always said that that was the thing I wanted most, more than Tableau Visionary or anything else. All the people that I really looked up to and all the stuff that I considered to be really cool uh, within the community and sort of the, the capability I saw for giving back, I saw an ambassador because it was a way to sort of represent the community while being among them, you know. Something about uh, Zen Master and then Visionary felt, I don't know, it felt like Olympus, you know, like... From the outside looking in, um, the Zen Masters when I was coming up and the Visionaries now, um, it just felt like unattainable. And it felt like these people must be so good at this and so smart. Um, and now being one, I can tell you that's obviously not true because they let me in. So um, that that should take some of the pressure off everyone else. Um, that's mostly joking. I do have self-esteem issues, so I'm very self-deprecating. So if you ever pay me a compliment and I receive it poorly, don't take that as a reflection on you. It's legitimately something I'm working on. So when uh, when I'm at Tableau Conference, for example, if someone comes up and says hi and really wants to meet me or something, I really do my best to try to, I don't know, to, <laughs> to not be self-deprecating and weird. 
um, because I recognize that, you know, maybe other people see me in a different light than I see myself. And I say that um, to circle back to the topic of Tableau Ambassadors because so many new Tableau Ambassadors were announced uh, that I was unfamiliar with. Um, and at this point, I was used to outside of, you know, certain divisions of Tableau Ambassadors, like obviously there's going to be some forums, folks, I don't know. The CRM folks, I, I never know at all. Um, it's, it's almost an entirely different ecosystem and doesn't really cross over with, you know, Tableau Visionaries or anything. I actually did a viz on this a while back. Um, but I realized um, with all these new Tableau ambassadors coming up and the class being so large and everything, um, I am in many ways disconnected from a lot of the folks that are coming up, which was a sort of new feeling for me because for the longest time, I felt like I was one of the people like sort of, you know, uh, you know, like, I don't know, blue collar data viz almost like, you know, working your way up, you know, struggling and trying to find a voice for yourself and trying to find an audience, not like you're an entertainer, but, you know, trying to understand like where you fit in with stuff. And it seems like in a very short period of time for me, um, after what felt like a long period of sort of personal growth, discovery and struggle, um, now, now I'm definitely on the opposite end of that. Uh, if anything, I am in a bubble and I experience a lot of the same people that are very talented and passionate. And that's what kind of gets fed to me in my various feeds. But I don't really realize who the new uh, voices are, who the next people are going to be. I know there's stuff like Tableau Next to highlight that and everything, but you know, I've got a lot that uh, distracts me. I've got work. I've got dying cats. I've got my own projects, and I'm and I'm talking here. So I say all that to say, uh, help bring to my attention like the the next folks. Like help me know who I need to have on here because it's very easy for me to identify the people that I've seen around for years or that have sort of come up above me or right behind me and I have connections with. Like I have a lot of friends and acquaintances. But I recognize that there's a lot of people that I don't know and that I should know. So uh, reach out to me on socials. If you're a friend, you know, tell me, hey, you should check out this person, all of that. Uh, I absolutely will. And I absolutely want to. Uh, so returning back to the topic of Tableau Ambassadors, it's, it's always like a bittersweet time of year. It's like you're always joyful for the people that are new and returning, especially for people that are new. Like it's always really exciting. Because for many of these people, like, they've wanted this for a while. And it's, it's especially hard after you probably had a year where you felt like, I think this is the year. Like, I think, like, maybe maybe I'm high profile enough or maybe I've done enough work or maybe I have the right connections. Like, it's, it's you know, vaguely mysterious, right? Like, people nominate you and then it goes essentially into the Tableau ecosystem and you don't know what's going to come out the other side. So, you know, having one of those years where you feel like this is probably it. And I think a lot of people experience this and then um, you you don't get it and you can be really disheartened. And I've seen some people, you know, um, you know, like in, in previous years, like someone who had never had it before sort of walk away and sort of make online proclamations and, you know, stuff like that. And you see other people that finally get it and are overjoyed and you know, lots of public messages and private messages of encouragement, uh, which is always great. And this year in particular, I had a friend who didn't make it back. Like he had been an ambassador several times and he was not selected to return this year. And I could feel like the, uh, the hurt, you know, for this person. And I really, 
I really felt terrible. And it's one of those things where I don't know uh, what to do other than to uh, try to be a good friend and try to be encouraging and say, I hear you and I, I see what you're feeling and I understand your concerns. And I'm not going to bring up any names and I'm not going to talk about the specific case or anything because I'm sure many people know and other people don't. And if you don't know, you might be able to ask and figure it out. But, you know, I'm not, this isn't you know, inside baseball and it's not a secret, but it's one of those things where, you know, it's just it's difficult to celebrate sometimes because, you know, when some people win, uh, other people don't. And I also want to say this about uh, Tableau Ambassador or Visionary or any other honor uh, that you might receive. Um, honors are great and uh, they, they're really nice to they're a good sense of validation sometimes, you know, and I know for me, I sort of had made it far enough in my public data viz work. Like I was not selected to be a Tableau uh, featured author until I had over a hundred public data visualizations, which is kind of fairly late in the game. So there were many other people in my class who had like between like six and 12 or something. It's supposed to be like a sort of new author highlight feature kind of, but uh, for whatever reason, I sort of came in really late. So by the time I actually started to get some, you know, like recognition, I guess, from official channels, I had either believed it wasn't going to happen or I'd found ways to make myself happy and to sort of recognize um, the work that I was doing for myself. And really, um, the biggest thing was I, recognizing my own personal growth, um, both in terms of my understanding of data and what works and what doesn't work, um, recognizing bad habits that I had in the past that I no longer had, understanding that I don't always have to show every trick that I have. All I have to do is tell a good story. Um, and as much as sometimes the term data storytelling makes me cringe, as uh, my manager, uh, Chris Lewis, will note uh, that He'll, he'll bring up the term data, data storytelling and it's like nails on a chalkboard to me because it feels like one of those terms that's kind of been beaten to death, you know, or abused or used incorrectly. Um, but yeah, it's I, I'd gone through a lot of years of, you know, seemingly nothing like at work at my previous job. I didn't feel like I was getting any sort of traction as passionate as I was and sort of like excited at trying new things. I'd been there a very long time and it it clearly wasn't going to go anywhere, no matter how uh, passionate or you know, or how much growth I was showing. Uh, so at the time I, I finally started to get stuff and I, I got Tableau ambassador the first time, like my mind was blown. Like I didn't think it was going to happen, but also, and this is probably also due with my self-esteem. A lot of it faded very quickly in terms of how it made me feel in terms of validation. Like at first you're just over the moon. Like you're, you, you can't believe it. Uh, this is something you've been striving for. It's something you hoped for, but you didn't know was possible. And then you get it and it's, you know, it's the initial shock and the joy. And, you know, my family is, is really happy for me. My wife tells people I'm famous all the time, which is really hilarious. And I tell her to stop. But then she says, stop telling people that you're not because you're making me seem like a liar. And I'm like, oh, you, you really are like just because I have a few Twitter followers and a podcast that a few hundred people listen to that is not fame in any capacity. I mean, at Tableau Conference, I have a very limited Gary Busey-esque fame, where if you see me and you're into character actors, you might know who I am. Um, but I, I'm not showing up there and I'm like Andy Cotgreave or the Fleurilages or Andy Kriebel or any of those. You know, there's there's legitimate celebrities here and I am not amongst that. And 
I am quite happy not being that. Like, I'm happy to be exactly uh, who I am. And uh, I try to bring that authenticity uh, to my interactions, uh, both on you know social media and here in the podcast. Obviously, everyone has parts of themselves that aren't, you know, like public, you know, we're, you know, you, you don't, you know, take your shoes off in public, you know, so to speak. Um, but that you're, you're what you, what you're getting from me is me. Like I'm not presenting like a, you know, filtered down version or an inauthentic representation of myself. I guess I'd put it that way. Uh, but having said that, yeah, I, I do really feel for some of my friends. Uh, I had some friends who made it this year that I've been trying to, uh, to advocate for, for several years. And I was incredibly excited for them. And I have other friends that I've been advocating for years that got passed over for again. And I hurt for them, you know, in the same way, like, and I want them to know that like this in no way diminishes their contribution or their value to the community or the friendships that they have. Um, and that it, it shouldn't be a determining factor on whether they continue to sort of interact with the community and do public work and that sort of thing. I think we're all doing this in some capacity because we like it. Like if you're listening to this and you're doing like public data visualization in some form, you're not really doing it to chase clout. Um, there are much better ways to do that. Like if I just made this a political podcast and I just sort of picked the right belief system, I would have way more like listeners than having a data viz, you know, or if I made this a uh, Marvel Studios podcast and all I did was talk about how the next Marvel movie is going to be the greatest thing ever. And I just posted reaction uh, to trailers like I would get more listeners than I do now. But um, what's the point in that? Like the Internet's full of that. Like this is this is niche, folks. Like this is a very small audience. Uh, by choice. Also, as a result, uh, Spotify is no longer going to offer um, at this listening tier advertisements. So you're not going to have to put up with those in the podcast anymore, which means I get like $3 less a month. Um, but that's fine. Like I'm not doing this to get rich. Having said that, I do appreciate anyone that, um, you know, signs up to give like a dollar a month or $5 a month. That's really helpful because it helps pay for the equipment and, you know, the audio and the software and stuff like that. But uh, regardless of all that, uh, thanks thanks for listening. Um, in addition to Tableau Ambassadors coming out this month, the IIB uh, long, word, uh, long list awards were mentioned. So like over 700 entries made the IIB awards long list. Like I had three. I think Chimdi had like a ton, like because he always does. Um, you, you'll you'll see a lot of familiar faces on there. And it's it's a really fun time for people to put up data visualization as, you know, beautiful. Um, you know, Reddit has information is beautiful as a subreddit. And it's it's all over the place. Like um, sometimes a three-bar Excel chart about Game of Thrones gets 40 million likes. And then something that's kind of mind-blowing and nuanced and creative gets like zero. Like it'll actually be like zero where, you know, someone's, downvoted it for whatever reason. So that's just Reddit for you. But um, the IIB is uh, being hosted by the Data Visualization Society. And uh, the shortlist has not come out yet, much less the winner. But it's exciting to see all of the entrants in that. And just to see the variety of people coming from different tools, different disciplines and perspectives, topics and categories, uh, to bring all of uh, themselves and to just put it out there. So I, I, I celebrate that. And 
One of my big things for DataViz, and I, I talk about this regularly on the public on the podcast, and I say I consider sort of my data visualization uh, habit, for lack of a better word, to be evangelical. And I don't mean that in like a religious sense. I mean that in an outreach sense. Um, so I tend to avoid making visits, at least as of the past couple years, that necessitates someone having to go to Tableau Public. I try to make stuff that works as a flat image or as a GIF that can be shared because I try to cover topics, you know, not always, but topics that I think would be accessible to a lot of people and that I find interesting or kind of strange or quirky. And I try to make charts that, you know, might be, you know, a little different sometimes. I usually stick with a single chart because I don't expect your average person is going to sort of wade through a page with a lot of different stuff. And I include a lot of text. Uh, these are all things that I wouldn't and couldn't do at work. I'm dealing with data at rest in my personal projects, not data in motion. So I can add a lot more uh, sort of text descriptions and nuance that would be far more difficult to do if the data was regularly changing. So yeah, that's like a lot of my um, my current ethos and what I'm putting out there. And I enjoy uh, everyone else doing different stuff. Like by me saying that, don't think by any means if you're like going super wonk and making a really complex interactive stuff or a really sort of high level data nerd stuff that I, I would ever think any less. Um, one of my favorite visits I've seen recently is actually from today. Uh, from my friend uh, Lindsay Betzendahl, who did a uh, visualization on the Cloud 100, so the top 100 cloud companies. And uh, she did two triangular Voronoi tree maps that each one of them shows the same companies. And it sort of shows their uh, whether they did layoffs or not between two different years and the two charts connect. It's, it's a really unorthodox sort of swing for the fences visualization. Um, that's interactive and it's sort of challenging and it's bold. And I'm like, wow, like I really like uh, that Lindsay pushed the boundaries on this one. Like, um, you know, it's really cool to see simple charts executed really well. Um, and it's also really fun to see more exotic charts used in creative ways uh, to explore difficult topics. So yeah, that was like one that really blew my mind. That's a really different ethic from me. And that's one of the great things about having so many different like friends that come from different backgrounds and have sort of different perspectives. Like I never would have thought to do that. And seeing that like inspires me and gets my juices flowing. Because honestly, going back to, uh, you know, you know, uh, possibly dying cats, um, you know, I've been in a little bit of a rut. Last podcast, uh, Lisa came on and we brainstormed our way through our weird Alves and well, we're working on it. Like it's actually, it's happening. Like I said, I probably haven't done as much as I should on that. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I have been in a sort of creative rut and, and to me, a creative ruts like, you know, three weeks without a personal project. Um, I've, there've been times when I've done three projects in a week. Um, but like I said, a lot of my projects, I go for more bite-sized singular ideas that express like one thought versus trying to explore a topic from all angles. If I'm going to explore a topic from all angles, I'm more likely to return to the same data set later and take another swipe at it from a different path, explore it in a different way and come up with um, new visuals and new stories uh, inside of that data. 
Uh, going back to awards, um, we just finished Dreamforce season, and uh, Tableau Tim won the gold hoodie this year, and I couldn't be happier for him. Uh, last year, Adam Miko uh, won one, being the first sort of Tableau Data Fan member uh, to get one. And it's just really exciting uh, to be able to look at someone's body of work like Tim and see like all of the work he's invested in his video channel on YouTube and all the topics he covers and how accessible he can make difficult topics. Um, and it's not easy. Like watching the videos that he cuts, you can see that he's put a lot of thought and care into them. And he really is... Um, it's not e it's not easy to like get good at stuff like that. Like in even in terms of doing a podcast like this, not to compare it to Tim because Tim is much more methodical. His stuff is much more hard skill and and this is soft skills, but for me to conduct a podcast well, especially without pre-planned questions, like it's really operating without a safety net. You really have to get comfortable dealing with people of sort of different comfort levels. Some guests, I really have to um, I get out of their way, essentially. Like uh, when Nelson was on not too long ago, Nelson is primed to talk. He had a lot he wanted to say. He had a lot on his mind. Um, he's really passionate, and it, j it just flows out of him. And all I have to do is get out of the way, respond, um, and be thoughtful while listening to what he says so that when I respond, I'm giving something back uh, to the conversation. And uh, with listener or with guests that are less talkative or maybe a little shy or not quite as comfortable and need to warm up, a lot of that comes down to me being ready to talk more and to set them up with questions that allow them to play to their strengths or allow them to explore an idea and we can talk through it together. And all these skills are things that like, I mean, it's funny. I think a lot of this for me came from acting class I took in high school. Um, I'm not, uh, I'm a type B personality. I'm not incredibly outgoing, uh, which surprised a lot of people, uh, that have hung out with me before because I can be really social and, you know, I guess fun to be around. I'm not going to claim that you tell me, am I fun to be around? Like, you know, like leave a note. Um, but people are surprised because I talk, you know, I get up on stage and I do a presentation. I do a podcast. I'm out there interacting with people on social media and stuff. But the difference between type A and type B for me is that being type B, um, that's not energizing to me. I enjoy it and I get excited for it. But afterwards, I feel drained. My energy level is lower. Whereas someone like my wife, who's a type A personality, um, going to Disney World where she's surrounded by throngs of people is energizing for her. So all day she's like amped up. And for me, it's like chipping away at me because, you know, people are elbowing me and like stepping on my heels all day and they have like the carts and like hit you with those. Um, so, yeah, it's it's the crowds and then that sort of thing can uh, can drain me a little bit. So really, I, I'm best in like a more uh, intimate setting with maybe like 10 people tops or something, you know. So um, that's why if you see me in like a public setting, you're more likely to see me hanging out with a smaller group of people than a larger group of people. And it's never like. It's never because I'm trying to be cliquish, although we all have our own friends and people that we're more comfortable with. If For me, it's more of um, the way I find sanity in a loud, big place is by finding a few people I'm comfortable with and making it a smaller setting. Not unlike uh, Zack Snyder's magnum opus, Man of Steel, which you know most people hate, um, but uh, young Clark Kent trying to figure out how to deal with these... Uh, 
overwhelming uh, sensations he has because all of his uh, feelings are amplified. Both of my children have like weird hypersensitivity stuff as a result of their ADHD and dyslexia. Um, and no doubt some of that came from me, but you know, for me, it's, uh, the sensitivity of just being in the middle of the crowd, not great, but I can dial that down a bit by having, you know, a smaller group of people, which is why I enjoy, uh, doing this podcast because I get to have those sort of quiet conversations with a person. And hopefully by the end of it, we both know each other a little bit better. Maybe we know ourselves a little bit better and uh, the listeners hopefully know them a little bit better too because we don't often do like autobiographical data viz, right? Like some people insert themselves into their work more than others. Like I'm thinking about like Luke Abraham, for example, who gets really editorial and you can see a lot of his personality flowing out of his work. Other people, you can look at it, and they sort of are very intentional about leaving themselves out of it. Like, they're making it a, a, a thing that's what it is, and they don't want you to see themselves in it. And neither of those is right or wrong uh, with public work. You know, if you're doing a business dashboard, it needs to be a business dashboard. But, you know, like, if we were talking about charcoal pencil sketches, um, we wouldn't be saying, you know, you can't paint fruit. You can only paint architecture. Um, and you can't really do either of those because it's a charcoal pencil sketch. Uh, anyway, I've rambled a lot here and I've really enjoyed this as an opportunity to get some stuff off my chest. Uh, just because like I said, I'm feeling like a sense of malaise right now and I don't necessarily think it's like, uh, I'm falling out of love with data visualization or I'm not loving the community and seeing people thrive. A lot of it has to do with sick cat and, you know, a business trip with my wife coming up, uh, where, I'm trying to get all ready for that and everything. But um, more than anything, I want to thank everyone uh, for listening. I want to thank everyone for sharing the show. Honestly, um, if you get something out of this, I'm not going to ask you to like sign up and you know be like a monthly donor or anything. I have a couple of people that do that, and I really appreciate it. So thank you for your support. But really, like if you think this podcast is a value or there's an episode that you think is particularly good, like just share that with other people. Like it could be on social media. It could be with your coworkers. It could be with, you know, your mom, like anyone, honestly, anyone like who would benefit from it. Probably not your mom because she's going to be like, what is this data biz? Like, why is this Zach man keep saying like all the time? Um, so yeah, that, that's my only ask. Like if you're enjoying the podcast, just get out there and share it. We've got no advertising. And uh, it's not that I necessarily care about growing the show. Again, I'm never going to make like money off of this. I barely make money off of t-shirts. And then the money I make off of that, I turn around and spend way more of that on making swag that I give away for free at the Tableau conference. And not because I want you to be wearing a data plus love pin or a drag and drop thing. Like it doesn't, it's not to like spread me. It's to spread like fun because I, this profession, like what we do really has a lot of potential for joy. And I just want us to like fully realize that. Um, so, hey, thanks for listening. Tell a friend and I'll see you again in two weeks with an awesome guest. <laughs>